0: When it comes down to it, how do you define a visual brand language for your product line that resonates with your users while communicating the uniqueness of your brand? How do you defend a polarizing design that you know is answering users' needs? My name is Linnea Haggard and today we are speaking with John Cunningham, CEO of OxTools America.
1: This was, this was polarizing. This was absolutely like, um, no, like this was, John, you're on the wrong track. Um, and that's the one thing I would say about the process is that you're not married to a design, you're married to a solution. And as long as you keep the solution in mind, the form factor can go many different directions, but you have to be married to the solution.
0: John, thanks for joining us today. I'd like to start today's discussion by just asking you a little bit about yourself. And can you share some of the passions that drive you as a person and as a businessman?
1: You know, as, as odd as this sounds, uh, you know, my, my passion is building businesses. Um, you yeah, know, I, I love starting new businesses. I love scaling businesses and I had a fortunate ability to work for some major uh, brands and some big companies and learned a lot. And now I, I try to Take my uh, learnings and help out other folks and help them get started and and see uh, how far we can get. You know, I spent twenty years of my career at Dewalt and uh, Black & Decker and uh, been involved in many many product development projects, rebranding, relaunches, and you know learned a lot about how to develop world class products, how to really boil down the uh, the simplicity of user work and the simplicity of uh, observation and listening, and so. Taking a lot of those learnings, and the uh, you know, CEO of Ox has really helped Ox, which is a small business, uh, to kind of start employing some of those um, disciplines uh, that the, the bigger brands have, and doing it on a you know obviously on a uh, a conscious budget, but also following the uh, the principles of product development uh, to make sure that they're delivering uh, their brand promise.
0: Now, John, you have a couple side hustles in addition to Ox Tools, right? Could you tell us a little bit about NCAMP and Empowered Lights?
1: Uh, n is a camping company that myself and another uh, industrial designer, I think Dan, Dan Caferro, is actually a professor over at Cleveland Institute of Art. Uh, certainly, when you, when you work with great uh, industrial designers, it, it just makes the job that much easier, but also that much more fun to uh, really to have a brand promise and have a, a, a brand vision and, and deliver that through uh, intelligent design. And then finally, uh, my wife and I started the company called Empowered Lights, uh, which is a woman-owned business that uh, really focuses on uh, battery backup technology. But we do uh, more decorative uh, lamps, but uh, we have a lithium technology inside the lamp so that when power goes out, the lights come on. Uh, So it's an automatic switching from AC to DC and provides up to 24 hours of uh, battery backup. Uh, Both lighting and camping are, are fun things to do and one day they'll, they'll be scaling off big enough that I'll, I'll hire whole management teams to run those companies and, and kind of move on to something else.
0: Ox Tools currently has a successful product line on the market. However, in the past year, they came to us here at Sunberg Frar for help in redesigning an updated and improved version of their tape measure, specifically designed with insights from their target users.
1: So really starting here, uh, this is a uh, a uh, project we, we worked on with uh, with a team and uh, out in Detroit was actually where we did some of the user work so you can see uh, certainly a cold and learn a couple of, of unique things uh, about the cold and about hand tools that we probably didn't really appreciate before so uh, going through really the setup of, of the discussion kind of goes back to what I mentioned about having that brand vision and understanding what as I always call what is what is your purpose you know, what, why do you exist? Uh, if somebody was saying, you know, what, what do we, what is ox, you know, what do they do? Uh, we, we kind of really blew it down to, you know, living the trade. Uh, we started looking at a, a lot of the, the trade uh, tradesmen out there. Uh, we, you know, we kind of started looking at what we'll call the forgotten trades. So there's a lot of times, you know, the, the DeWalts of the world will focus on the carpenter uh, and the Milwaukee's of the world on the, the plumbing electricians. Uh, and HVAC, and we started looking at our, our user, you know, the, the bricklayer, the landscaper, the hardscape, drywall. Some of these are, are not the most glamorous uh, professions, but we started looking at like, how do we become their champion? How do we become, become their voice for what they want um, to take the pain points that they have in, in their profession? How, how do we make it easier? How do we make uh, their jobs uh, more productive? How do we make the ergonomics of the tools better? Uh, so that if you're swinging a hammer eight hours a day, uh, for you and I, uh, it's probably not, not a big deal for the weekend, but you're doing that five days a week, eight hours a day, um, you know, it gets tiresome and, and, and what are the, what are those pain points? Yep. But really for, for ox, it's about living the trade, you know, being 100% focused and dedicated to a professor, professional contractor. And at, at, like any good product development, it's also knowing who you're, who you're not, um, I think COVID over the last probably 12 months, uh, the tool industry is going through massive growth. Uh, and there's certainly um, a, a, a portion of the shareholders and management that would say, boy, we should go after the do-it-yourselfer. Like we have to go after do it yourselfers That's where the market's growing. It's going crazy. Everybody's fixing up their houses. Uh, that's where we need to go. And you know, made a decision, no, it's not where we need to go. That's, that's not our user. We don't need to cheapen the tools. We don't need to... Um, take, it, take away the focus on the professional uh, to chase the short-term fad. Uh, so that's certainly a, a, a point of, I think every, as everybody reflects on COVID, uh, there's a lot of opportunities, but there's also a lot of chances to get derailed or get distracted with, uh, I'll call it shiny objects. Um, so again, for Ox Living the Trade, focusing on those forgotten trades. So you know, what we started to look at is as we grow and we uh, scale our business, we took a step back to say hey who what, what is our what is our visual brand language you I know mean, what is it that when somebody looked at a product that they would say yes absolutely 100% that's an ox product uh, what are those signatures what are those very subtle uh, features uh, or elements that we could point to and say yes that's uniquely ox
0: absolutely and visual brand language or VBL is something that we so often talk with clients about here at Sunberg Frar because it is such an important part of strengthening your brand through the product development process. Um, can you talk a little bit about what visual brand language looks like for Ox tools uh,
1: obviously the color trying to trademark a color is the the ultimate goal but the, trying to trademark a color is also very difficult. Uh, only few brands have been able to, to do it so, We do have a unique brand. Uh, We have a unique color. You know, our our brand elements are being tough, dynamic and different uh, and kind of make sure that tough dynamic and different bleeds through uh, the entire range. So we knew that wasn't happening. So that's kind of what we're undertaking now is looking at, from this point on, what is our VBL? And how do we make sure that the VBL is not just looks but is, is truly functional? As you start looking at your competitive benchmarking, you start start seeing elements. One of the themes that, or hypothesis that we came up with was, boy, everything's gotten complicated. As we talked about, sometimes it's easier to design a complicated product and the hardest thing to do is design a simple product. Uh, so how do you start looking at what is functional and what is, um, I'll call it distraction? What is this there for looks? And what is there for function as we started looking at our competitors saw a lot of opportunity for what we'll call simplifying the design as we talk to contractors as we get feedback from contractors simple things like the more moving parts the more chances for breakage the more bumps rubber bridges the more chance for dirt uh, to kind of infiltrate the uh, the product so hearing those different elements it kind of come back saying how do we live our brand how do we make sure one we are tough uh two we are dynamic and then ultimately we're different so when somebody looks at it on the the shelf of lowe's they don't just say hey that that's a blue craftsman tape or that's a a blue dewalt tape Uh, all the things look exactly like dewalt but uh, it's a different color
0: so you started with the hypothesis that a visual brand language for aux tools needed to be more simplified From there, how did you go about validating or invalidating that hypothesis and also fleshing out what that should look like in an actual tape measure through your design research uncovering the pain points and needs and wants of your target users? And then how did you allow that to affect the design decisions made for the tape measure?
1: The, the process has to start with you know for for my philosophy it starts with the user you know it's going it's going out there in those cold weather and and uh talking to them but i think more importantly observing what people are doing uh, most people can't tell you what their problems are they typically can show you their problems but they they, they sometimes struggle with the uh, articulation of uh, you know what it is so you know using a combination of factors Sometimes surveys work. Sometimes surveys don't. Uh, observations seems to be the the best. So we you know we spent four hours in the, the freezing cold uh, and watched uh, what what the contractors did. You know and I think you walk away in four hours time. We walked away with all the insights. But going through that day, I mean, we did we did you know competitive benchmarking, simple things that again until you're living the freezing cold an aluminum tape or a chalk reel. Sounded like a great idea. Everybody wants an aluminum. Um, it's durable. It's it's rock solid. You know, Milwaukee says that way. And then you put it into the hands of the contractor, and, and in ten degree weather, and he says, "Man, I would never use a an aluminum chop rail." And it's like, "Well, why?" It's the most durable. And he's like, "It's the coldest." You know, when you go in your hand, I'd rather have a piece of plastic and rubber over molds so that it's not cold to touch. Just Things that you won't, you wouldn't find out from a survey, you wouldn't find out from competitive benchmarking. You, know, you only find out by going out there and, and talking to the user. We actually filmed a lot of the uh, testimonies to be able to go back and listen to it and be able to utilize it. Um, you know, six weeks after we we were there, we still have a, a good encapsulation of the, of the day. Now, you know, Stanley has been making tapes for 150 years and yet there's still so many opportunities um, for improvement for innovation uh and you know really starting to dissect and and digest who is the user what are they doing you know a plumber and a framer are two different people Mm -hmm. Uh, they both might use tape measures and they both are probably going to have completely different elements uh yet you know the the powers to be come back with a simple, here's one product that meets, you know, that fits all the needs. Our angle is really staying true to, to those users that we say is our brand and delivering a, a product that works 100% for them. And it might mean that the plumber doesn't like our tape measure and that's completely okay. Um, so again, going back to that element of, of making sure you know who the user is and know that deliver the product they want, not Deliver a product that you believe everybody uh, will use because nine times out of ten, you know, no one's going to like it. It's going to be in the middle of the road. There's a lot of uh, challenges in user work and a lot of challenges in surveys and and digesting them. And I think the, the, the point I would make is understand you know, the, the different elements of the, the user demands and make sure that you don't cross all those demands so that when you put it into the sausage maker then when it comes back out you have a tape that no one likes. And then you know you're going into the the point of polarizing you know we you kind of get into this stage of like wow like okay here's what the benchmark today here's what everything looks if you you know if you took the brands off those top rows you took the colors away you probably wouldn't be able to identify who is who. And that's kind of the 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 goal that we had is we want to be able to take the, the brand off of it. We want to be able to say that's that's a Knox product, uh, absolutely one hundred percent. Don't even need the color or the 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 brand. I want it to be able to know. Um, and yes, the question about selling leadership. This was this was polarizing. This was absolutely like um, no, like this was John. You're on the wrong track. Um, and that's the one thing I would say about the process is that it's an iterative process. Again, you're, const- you're not married to a design, you're married to a solution. And as long as you keep the solution in mind, the form factor can go many different directions. And what you start with is not what you're gonna finish, but you have to be married to the solution. You know, We took all those feedbacks and a lot of those elements you see on the, the tapes, as polarizing as they are, it's a solution. And you know, when you explain it to a customer, um, they, they get it. They understand why. The end user says, yep, you know, still have to go through confirmation, but the, the visual aspect um, becomes the, the ability to be different. But the solution is going to be what you know, makes it dynamic and tough. You know, to be bold, to be different is it, scary. It's, it's, it's a lot of times the doing up top, doing the, if we went with the third tape measure over, it would be easy. Everybody would look at it and say, yep, yeah, that's what a tape measure should look like, John. So perfect. You're right on the right track. Um, but then, you know, down below starts challenging the status quo. So that's kind of our challenge now is dissecting it and say, okay, this is exactly what they want. We have the observations, we know how to solve it. Um, now it's now it's getting into you know, the phase of prototyping and, and confirmation.
0: We continued this conversation with John by asking him some questions from our audience about their pain points in the product development process. And questions like, when designing, should you put the customer or the end user first? Or how do you convince your leadership of the validity of a polarizing design? Or... How do you transfer this product development process to the world of startups? John shares his thoughts on these questions and more in part two of this podcast, which can be found in the show notes or anywhere that you get your podcasts. John, I want to thank you so much for sharing your product development journey with us here today and giving us a a peek into the process of discovering and uncovering that ideal experience for your target users and then incarnating that in a product. And I also want to say that we have been so thrilled, the team here at Sunburg Ferrar, to be involved with this and come alongside you in this process of ultimately strengthening your brand through facilitating this kind of in-depth design research and developing uniquely differentiated products. Once again, thanks for listening in. I'm Linnea Haggard, and this is SF Podcasts.